Hey everybody, and welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by the good doctor, Dr. Scott Melson. Hello. What's up, man? How are you? Good. I, I say good doctor every episode. I, I don't know. I assume you're a good doctor. I, I've never been under your care. I mean, I try to be. I guess this might be unethical. You know, I could you can you have a dual relationship? Is a podcast co-host considered a dual relationship? Uh, I don't think so. We're not married, so I think that's I think we're probably, I think that's well, pretty good. That's as I say in every ethics seminar I I do for behavioral health professionals. Don't sleep with your patients. It's bad form. <laughs> I don't know about the form, but there's <laughs> there are six billion people on Earth. You can just find somebody else. You were not, you were not a Friends watcher, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so it's, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not against the rules, but it is frowned upon. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. No, just to be, to be clear, it's very much against the rules of medicine. Yes. Right. So we Scott, have a guest in studio. We have a guest. So us. this episode is right now. Um, he's wondering why he came. Yeah. So we're taking a, taking a break. Actually, we've, we've wrapped up our gerrymandering series last week with Katie Fahey from Voters Not Politicians in Michigan. Now with the people, the name of the organization she's with now is called The People. Um, but that was a great interview with her, really interesting, and hearing about her experience leading that campaign up there and the change that they've had in Michigan. You know they're making a movie, they made a movie about her? No, for real? Docu- premiered at Tribeca this year. Documentary. Hot dang. Yeah. That's cool. We should see if they can, uh, we've got some friends that have some uh, independent could, theaters could, uh, here. We could have a, a film thing. Do a screening. Um, so uh, that's interesting. Um, I also heard that Dave Daly, well, I, I think I said this, who we spoke with a few weeks weeks ago, he wrote uh, the book uh, Rat Fucked. Um, he has a sequel coming out as well. Beep. <laughs> um, I was late on the beep. He has sorry yeah, sleeping at the sleep at the button. Um, he has a sequel coming out in 2020 to update about um, all the change related to gerrymandering that happened in 2018. And I and I know that Michigan is featured in there, so I'd be curious to kind of read his inside report on that. Speaking of which, I, I think I'd be amiss if or remiss, I would miss something if I didn't mention that there was an article a couple of weeks ago on Slate that Dave Daly authored that um, he had audio transcripts, um, audio recordings, and then like written transcripts of a training that was hosted by ALEC. That's the American Legislative Exchange Council. Yeah, so it's a group that writes bills and basically farms them out to states. They're typically very conservative leaning bills. Think of all of the bills that have either been passed or have been introduced in Oklahoma in the last 15 years that have made you the most angry. And those are ALEC bills. So, well, and we had reporting uh, several months ago about the the cut and paste bills or the copy and paste bills. Um, This is them, right? So they, they wrote it and then all the states have copied and pasted from them. Anyway, somebody they had a training for Republican lawmakers about redistricting with like talking points and basically like how to gerrymander your state. And someone there recorded the meeting and then uh, shared it with the media. And so Dave Daly was um, the the author of that piece. And it was fascinating to see behind the curtain and like literally hear the talking points of people like, this is how you gerrymander your state. It First was, of all, don't use the word gerrymander. <laughs> it was it was fascinating and utterly unsurprising. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was in a little blood boiling. So, anywho, more about that later. This week, we're going to take a break from that kind of politics uh, and talk about something that actually does have uh, a connection with with state politics. 
We're going to talk about athletes. I don't think we've had any sports-centered episodes, but we're talking about student athletes. Yeah, I don't think we have either. In particular. Yeah. We're very much like 538, who dabbles in politics and sports. We're just a tiny, tiny version of them. There you go. (laughs) So tiny, it's totally unrelated. (laughs) Um, So in studio today, we have Peter Daggett. Hello, Peter. How's it going, guys? It's Thanks good. for having me. Yeah, Peter, you are a you've been a gymnast at OU, right? And also a business major. Yep. Yep. Um, and so wrapping up, um, wrapping up your degree there. What's your actual major in? Entrepreneurship. Right on. Yeah. This is a man after my heart. Someone who's <laughs> an MBA in entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, so as as luck would have it, Peter reached out to me uh, a couple of weeks ago about doing this interview. And then I went to speak to a, a business and entrepreneurship class, and it was his class. And so um, that worked out really well. That was just yesterday, the day before we were recording this. Uh, and Peter, when you when you reached out to me, you, your pitch was, I want to do a podcast episode about student athletes and, and basically centers on the question, should they be paid? And, and I was like, well, I'm interested in this topic because I've read some about it. And so Scott and I discussed about whether or not this was related to, you know, state and, and local politics, which is kind of our forte here. The very next day, there was uh, the governor of California signed a law authorizing student athletes to receive income. And so suddenly with something that I thought was um, distant from my mind and, and not a local politics issue, zoomed in. And then today um, I heard I was listening to KGOU's or one of the NPR local NPR affiliates like weekly politics update and they yeah KJOG or no whoever it is with um Ryan Kiesel and Neva Hill this week in local politics I guess it's KOSU yeah pardon me I was listening to KOSU's this week in Oklahoma politics and they talked about this issue on there because I think there's going to be some bills filed and so this zoomed in uh, past me all of a sudden. Well, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it's an issue that, that's gotten a lot of talk, I think in the, you know, certainly in the collegiate athletics world for a while now with some really strong feelings on both sides. Um, I, I am not what you call an athlete. Um, certainly not in college. Um, but you, you I wrestled in your early days, didn't you? Uh, I was, I was a wrestler in high school. I, again, wrestle or did you wrestle? Uh, wrestle, and I was on the wrestling team again. Uh, I'm I'm not what you would call an athlete, um, um, but I I it kept me in shape at least in high school. Um, but it it's a really interesting issue. I'm I'm a passionate sports fan, and you know as I'm sure you know, we have a lot of passionate sports fans here in, in Oklahoma. Particularly, when we talk about football, um, would I think be the dominant you know area for like college sports enthusiasm. And the thing is, is it's it's it may not have been a local issue a month ago, but with the law in California, it's going to become a local issue mm-hmm. because what will happen is that California is the only state in the country that allows this. Now, there's going to be all kinds of lawsuits, and the NCAA is going to sue, and it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of stuff that's going to happen before this actually takes place. But assuming the law in California is allowed to go forward, that is going to make California infinitely more right i mean like it just makes sense right you're the top yeah. you're, the, you're the top star you have you're the five-star recruit number one you know college football recruit in america right. you want to play at you know OU, osu or texas or you want to go to california where you can get paid right like i mean it's yeah. like Even for a lower division right yeah, yeah. right yeah. and so and i mean it's not like you don't have great schools in california you got us usc traditional powerhouse you got ucla that could be good cal could be good i mean it's not like there's no it's not like you're gonna go out there and play for 
for nobody mm-hmm. and and make money. So the fact that California has taken this step is going to bring it to the forefront in a lot of other states, certainly pending the outcome of some of these legal battles. So it's uh, it, it may not have been a local issue, but it is now for sure. Dun, dun, dun. Well, on that note, we should actually talk to our guest and let the one who like has experience, the student with athlete this. who has issues, <laughs> has experience and uh, an expertise in this. Peter, um, maybe lay it out for us, and then and then we'll just kind of uh, bat this around for a while. How's that sound? Yeah, so that sounds great. Um, so, in my experience, um, you know, you go from uh, you start out in whatever sport you're doing and you have a dream you might want to go to the olympics you might want to play college sports you might want to you know play in the nfl nba whatever and it really uh you know it's it's difficult for a young kid to understand the difference between playing a professional sport and playing a college sport because they see people you know they see people playing in the ncaa and they just see all of the incredible success it looks like they're having and they're like, oh, this is awesome. But when it comes down to it, when you start to think about it a little bit, those athletes are really not at all being compensated for their talents and for uh, these things that they've worked so hard for. So you spend all these years of your life working really hard towards this dream of, of playing you know, a sport on a really high level. And then you get to the NCAA and then you find that there's no real way for you to make money in your sport if you are not playing something like football, basketball, baseball, maybe even soccer. I mean, there's a number of other sports that have professional leagues, but I don't really want to talk about football all that much. <laughs> and and I, we'll say for our listeners, you're a gymnast. Yes. Yeah, I'm a gymnast. So I was a member of the OU Men's Gymnastics team from 2015 to 2019. Um, we had a really successful run. We Congratulations won. on like two national titles? Three. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, a, it was an incredible experience. And, you know, I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. That being said... I would love to uh, tell you my thoughts on how I think that, uh, you know, athletes should be compensated and the way that I think that the whole thing should work. Um, So from my perspective, I see that the universities are giving so much to the athletes. And when a lot of people think about paying student athletes, they think, oh, the university needs to start paying these guys. I don't agree with that. And I know that there's a number of student athletes that don't agree with that either. That's not what passed in California. That's not what people are talking about. What's going on is that people are, um, NCAA athletes are now going to be allowed to make money from their namesake image, all of their notoriety. And that's what really is going to, in my opinion, allow both the NCAA uh, and these athletes grow and prosper and really start to uh, build a more uh, equal and just brand for college sports. So, like, if someone, let's, you're an, we'll say you're a gymnast, right? And so, uh, I assume some manufacturer sponsored your uniforms. Yeah. So we um, at OU the sponsors Nike. Um, but uh, they don't make gymnastics uniforms. So we ended up, uh, I believe that our uniforms were either GK or Turn, um, but they weren't official sponsors of our university. Um, 
but you know, there's plenty of other companies that do, um, you know, when you get into the professional side of gymnastics, um, that do sponsor athletes like, um, alpha factor is one of them turn does sponsor professional athletes. Um, but you know, outside of just gymnastics stuff, there are plenty of companies that have sponsored, uh, incredibly successful gymnasts like Chevron used to sponsor a lot of athletes, um, blanking on any other, uh, major sponsors, but but it doesn't have to be like an apparel company. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, so the idea is that you're, I mean, I think you're, so your position would be that um, collegiate athletes should be allowed to uh, receive money from those, those sponsors directly, right? Because let's yeah. say, let's say Wheaties, like you win the national championship, they want to put your whole team on the front of the Wheaties box. If they, if they do that, if they're allowed, but if they do that now, that money would go to OU not yep. to use individuals. Yeah. yeah. That's what like to, since you're going to have to edit this podcast anyway, uh, that's what to me is like some of the biggest bullshit about this is like <laughs> whether or like whether or not student athletes should be able, should be paid or compensated by anybody. Like that's one question, but what is, what is bullshit? And this does, i not to like turn the focus to football, but that's the thing that I know like the most about in terms of how this works. But like, I mean, you talk about people talk about like, you know, the money from ticket sales and you know, all these sorts of things. But like, you know, if you're, you know, right now, Jalen Hurts is quarterback at OU, right? So like any Jalen Hurts jersey that gets mm-hmm, sold, mm-hmm. OU gets that money, right? Right. When NCAA 2020 comes out mm-hmm. next year and, and OU's team is on there and Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, mm-hmm. OU gets that money, right. right? And the video game maker, he doesn't get any of it. Like whether or not, to me, there's two separate questions. Like, should the student athletes be able to profit off of their brand and image and likeness? And also if they can't, should the university be able to right. like, I think it's like, how do you justify yeah. that the university can make money off well, them and they can't make money off themselves? I will say that I think that if somebody's going to get paid and it's not going to be the student athletes, the university should at least get the money because they can put that back into resources for the athletes. Um, and you know, that's a super, super right. important part of this whole puzzle is that a lot of the money that the universities are making are going straight back into the athletes. When, when we say that student athletes don't get paid, it's not necessarily true in the full sense. They don't get paid in dollars and cents. They get paid in resources, opportunities, coaching, you know, facilities, everything that goes into creating a top tier athletic program. Well, and, and tuition, right? Yes. For a lot of them, right? Yeah, like that's one thing, you know, this is what, so, um, you know, one of the things and I, you know, and I'm, um, I, I have a, I don't really know where exactly I stand on the issue of like, you know, student athletes being compensated by the university. I know that's not what you're, we've got here. 30 minutes to figure that out <laughs> advocating for. But one thing, one thing that I, as someone who's never been an athlete at that level, sometimes I've kind of bristled at a little bit is because yeah. people will say, well, I mean, these students, like they don't get anything. And as someone who writes a very big check every month, paying off my student loans, I say, Oh, but, but they, <laughs> They, they do <laughs> actually like if you know if i what if i had been a talented enough athlete in order to get my college paid for that would have been freaking bomb right like i wasn't agreed, agreed. <laughs> you know? and it is so incredible that 
uh, universities are able to do that. Like you are the fact that you are able to get a full ride scholarship to a major university, get your education for free is so, so incredible. However, you then for sports that aren't necessarily, you know, ones where you can go and transition into professional um, or at least do that into a professional league. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sports like that, you then leave college. And though you don't have student debt, you also don't have anything in your pocket from all of that time and work that you've spent putting into this. So just to give you guys a little bit of insight into what it was like training at, as a OU men's gymnast, we train probably 26, 28 hours a week. A lot of that is voluntary. I think I have to say that so I don't get anyone in trouble. Um, but, you know, it, it truly is voluntary. You know, we work our absolute hardest and we give everything. And that's why we were able to be so successful. But 28 hours a week on top of school, that is, you know, it's a full-time job. It's when I say 28 hours a week, that that's where we spe- what we spend in the gym training. But there's so much that goes into it outside of that. We also spend, you know, 2 to 3 hours a day going in and doing rehab. We and then we also have to spend hours in the day just resting. You can't just walk out of the gym after a four and a half hour workout where you're tired and beat up, sit down on your laptop and start writing a paper. Right. It's it's nearly impossible to do something like that and it's something that a lot of student athletes struggle with well and it takes uh, a really significant toll on your body right and so i know you uh, recently kind of authored a a a post you put on medium and Mm -hmm. we'll share that in the blog post that goes along with this episode so be sure to check that out but um were you detailed like the numerous injuries you had were various degrees of um blowing out your acl and yeah and even debating whether or not you should go ahead and compete like without an acl and i like read that line twice and i was like i didn't know that you could do that but i'm sure you you could and it's just like not advisable right yeah. and so there are plenty of people and we you know we do talk about this in terms of uh you know football linemen and stuff like that where their earning potential is notably less than running backs and quarterbacks and all of that but also like they blow out a knee their sophomore year, junior year, and and then what they thought was their ticket after college is gone. And so then what do they do, right? They've got to exactly. fall back on hopefully whatever their degree is. I was going to say, this, and this is one thing, and like, like I said, I have a lot of like, I don't know, I'm probably just an old grumpy old grumpy but like, I, because I, grumpy. I would say, because you're like, well, this thing that they, had all their hopes on they have nothing to fall back on except the college education that they got that should have gotten them a degree so they can go get a job like everyone right. but you and i who both is know not a professional football or basketball or baseball player right and i get that like i get that i get that a huge problem is that especially at places where the athletic culture I mean, and maybe this is the same at all colleges, like at all levels, right? Um, and maybe it's the same for all sports, whether you're, you know, playing at a stadium in front of eighty thousand people, or whether you're at a gymnastics meet where there's a few thousand people. I don't, I don't know how many people come to the gymnastics meets. We but, get about seventeen, eighteen hundred, but yeah. So you know, so whether it's, but like, so maybe it's the same kind of across the board. But but like, I still like the purpose of going to college 
is to get an education. So you can do what? Right. So you can go out and get a job, right? Like that would does be earn money, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of getting yourself like destroying your body for four years or three years and then you can no longer compete, why shouldn't you be able to start building a personal brand as you are, you know, a lot of these athletes that especially ones that come to big programs, they have notoriety that started long before they were in college. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had names that people knew when they were just a freshman in high school. Totally. And they could have been building a like a, a nest egg for themselves yeah. to where they can essentially graduate college and they're they're set up. Right. It's not that they're set for life. Sure. It's that th- it's just that they are set up in a really good position to move forward and, you know, for somebody like me who's working as an entrepreneur now in an early stage startup, I would love to have been able to, you know, capture some of that value uh, as I was going through my sport, ended up with a solid, with a sizable uh, amount that I could take and put into a company. Right. 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 Totally. Totally. And I don't disagree with that at all. Like I, I am very, I am very sympathetic to the idea that like, your personal brand that's based on your skills and your abilities and your success or whatever in the sport that should be for like i i have no issue with that at all i just get a little you know as someone who like my like entire degree of like my entire like professional success like hinged on like the education component of mm-hmm. it right i get a little um, I don't know what the right word is, but like I get a little like, Grumpy. <laughs> yeah, maybe when it's just like, well, like they, they've finished college and they went to play whatever sport and they got hurt and like now they just have nothing. And it's like, well, they should. Yeah, but have like, yeah, but the should disregards the fact that we know the system is broken, right? Like also, I don't know, just say, I know a bunch of, I had a bunch of friends in college play football at a, like a, whatever, D3 or school, whatever. Yeah. I went to Southern Nazarene University. Mm-hmm. Very small, right? Like I was it's there. It's something to begin, right? It's a time to begin. Time to begin. We That was not a thing. I heard that on the radio like years later. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we had a jingle. Um, So the football team started the year that I went there when I started. Um, And, you know, I had friends that were, played football, but they were going to be like an elementary education major. And not that they're going to get they're actually going to make any money at a small like D3 school in the suburbs of Oklahoma City but l- let's say they're at a big school and they have the chance right like you're you know you're the kicker at OU and you do all right you've got some real clutch you know field goals and you have some like uh royalties from photographs of you that were sold or something and then but then you do have a nest egg that allows you to to like go be a teacher in a state where we underpay teachers, right? Like it helps soften the blow. Um, and so maybe it makes, I wonder, I wonder if it might for some people make the opportunity um, at doing something else that they would not otherwise do a little more palpable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, and I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to say that, yeah, I'm not trying to like devalue like the athletic experience or the work and time that it takes to be a college athlete and compete at that level, particularly in any sport at the division one level, right? Like I get it. Like it's a full-time job, like outside of class, I guess I just kind of hinge on like, 
it's a full-time job outside of class mm-hmm. right like you know and i i just and again it's not to say that so, like they shouldn't be compensated i just get i i bristle a little bit at the idea like well they went to college and they played this sport and like that was supposed to be like their ticket and then it didn't work out and it, to me i'm like they went to college it's what it should be and i I get the reality of like the mega gajillion dollar a year business that is college sports. $14 billion. Yeah. Like, but like what it should be is they went to college to get an education and they played this sport while they were there. And if that happens to carry them to like professional success, that's fantastic. But if it doesn't, they have their degree in business or what have you. So I definitely agree that that's like a super, it's a super valid point because we are student athletes. We are not just athletes and education is very important to a lot of us. Now I will also say that it's very hard to truly understand the perspective of a student athlete. You know, I hear, I, I heard it a lot when I was at OU, you know, regular students would be like, Oh my God, you student athletes get everything. You got so much taken care of. (laughs) You always got people looking after you get free tutors, all this stuff. But what not a lot of people realize is what it's really like to spend 30, 35 plus hours destroying your body every week. Right. It's not it's not just the physical energy expenditure and the time commitment. It's the mental expenditure because it takes a lot out of you. I mean, I I couldn't just like I said earlier, I couldn't just walk out of a practice and start pick, picking up work on my education. It and my education was very important to me, but it you don't necessarily realize unless you're in that situation, how much it actually does affect the education side of it. And I think that although I will say that the education is the most valuable thing you can get as a student athlete in a lot of ways, there's still a side of it that, you know, that not everybody, not everybody generally sees. I, so I think part of the deal with this is, the scale right <clears throat> that i worked full-time through college um and the the amount of money that i made doing like roofing sales right like pales in comparison and i think this is the deal is that it's there's so much money at stake so i'm i'm reading a i have a, a vox article pulled up that I'll, I'll put on the blog post as well um and like each so as as an example each universities in the big 10 there's 11 of them (laughs) um just for broadcast rights cable networks pay each school 50 million dollars per year so they get that money just for for the privilege of of showing those their stuff on oh yeah they also have like you know uh sponsorship deals with nike and adidas like you mentioned earlier peter Mm -hmm. um and then then you've got this like so you've got tens of millions of dollars right well hundreds of millions of dollars it's 14 billion dollars across the across the country and then you've got um that trickles down and so so universities have enormous amount of income coaches salaries have skyrocketed right nick saban makes like over eight million million, even all the sec coaches make like a million at least one million yeah um the and then like people who like run the conferences which to me i'm 
really unclear what that job even entails, but like um, the commissioners. Yeah. So like uh, the head of the Big Ten Conference, Jim Delaney, made five point five million in last year. Head of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, made four million. And so these there are lots of people making millions of dollars off of the work of student athletes. And so I'm oh, I'm still thinking about my position on this too. But I do see maybe some parallels with long standing discussions in this country about labor versus management right or against company and that there are some people who are working very hard taking a physical toll on their body um, preventing them from and in order to fulfill those requirements they cannot do other things in life and and they they're getting you know forty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars in exchange right for uh tuition right Mm -hmm. so like it's not insignificant right it's more I made $19,000 in 2004, I think, when working, or 2003, doing roofing. Not enough to live on, um, but all right, as far as college standards go back then. But that's still a small amount of money compared to coaches, commissioners that are making millions of dollars, the university making money that goes into a stadium that's very nice and mm-hmm. it does, and there's there's a side of that. Um, but I think the the scale is off, right? Like, is it worth is it worth Peter blown on his knee repeatedly for a scholarship? I assume you got a scholarship. I didn't even yeah, ask. Yeah, I okay. had a I had a full scholarship and really, really thankful for that opportunity. Yeah. That's done so much for me. Yeah. But yeah. So so we got that, which is not bad. No one's complaining about yeah, that, right? Not at all. Um the but is the trade off equitable across all levels of the organization, maybe? Sure, and and I want to I want to be really clear so I don't get like hate tweeted. Like <laughs> I am, I am not in any way standing up for like that system, right? That like that you know that the that this is this a this huge huge industry with benefits that are massively uh, accrue to coaches and administrators, and you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending that at all and again i'm i'm not even saying that athletes shouldn't be like compensated i'm and i'm a hundred percent like in favor of them being able to like you know profit off of their brand and likeness and sales like i think it's complete bullshit that like if something has your name on it and it gets sold you don't even even if you know to your point some percentage of that goes to the university to compensate the university for, you know, marketing or time or facilities, whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact that you don't get any of that is like freaking wrong. So like full stop there. I just sometimes in this conversation, I feel like not this, like between the three of us, but like in this larger conversation that we have with society, like it takes like what happened. Like, I feel like it takes the tone of like, and these guys like, and these women, like they get nothing and my contention is that maybe they sh- like maybe they should in fact get more but i disagree vehemently with the idea that they get nothing because they get tuition and they should get an education so that's like a framing thing then right like some people are saying they get nothing the truth is they get something 
the contention is not everybody is, gets nothing though or get right. something though. I think I think that's an important distinction to make because there are non-scholarship athletes. There for are sure. so many non-scholarship athletes, and yeah. when you when we get off the topic of sports like football and basketball, you get into sports, especially on the men's side, sure. that are super undercompensated for scholarship. Um, sure, you know, I mean, men's gymnastics. Our our roster is eighteen guys. Between those eighteen people, we have six point three scholarships. Jeez, that's so that's messed up, and it is true because you have like in because I mean, what does uh, what does football have? Seventy five football. I believe they usually have eighty three. Eighty eighty three now. I th- it's something like that. Um, you know, in for a, like what like a hundred and ten guy roster or something like that. It's yeah, hundred ten, hundred hundred. 20 something i don't know yeah. in that in that range i mean it's like 75 percent of the team is there on scholarship mm-hmm. right and then for you guys 25 percent of the team is there on scholarship exactly. right like well, like does the football team need to have a scholarship for like like three guys deep at every position and yet you guys have you know yes it's, <laughs> i i i will say yes they do because it is incredibly sports like football and basketball that make the most money are incredibly important for the entire organization to survive because men's gymnastics doesn't make money even though we were the most successful gymnastics uh gymnastics program in the country for uh i mean the past four years we uh we still don't make money you know it's it's hard it's hard to make money it's an expensive sport it costs a lot you know our coach is the most successful coach on the ou campus and you know you have to pay him he deserves to be paid what he's paid and there's a lot that goes into it. I bet it's not five it. and a half million a year, though. No, it's not five <laughs> and a half a million. Not, not even close. Well, and, and um, I think, oh, man, I did think, and then it just went out of my brain. I'm going to have to edit this episode after all. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I thought of a gun. Whoopsie. Yeah, I had a really good thought, too, um, and I cut Peter off to say it, and I, it's okay. I apologize. It's all right. Um, yeah. Um, oh. I remember now. <clears throat> well, and the other thing that we're not talking about is the fact that state appropriations to universities, at, at least in our state, have been cut dramatically over the last decade, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, t- 10 years ago, uh, the OU budget, 63% of the University of Oklahoma's budget came from state-appropriated dollars, and currently it's like 13%. So they've cut an enormous amount of money. I mean, they they cut forty percent from all state agencies, and so that money had to be made up somewhere, right? So I don't, yeah. I don't fault universities for signing up and saying yes, please. Like, you know, you can, we will accept your fifty million dollars in order to televise our ball games, right? Like, you couldn't possibly fault them. I mean, it's it's a ton of money, and it does a lot for the student athletes, right? And, and everybody else, right? And like, everybody else, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was OU, right? One of the universities was going to cut their organ, uh, like a, a pipe organ. So you was it OU? Yeah. So the pipe organ, like uh, repairman major. That's not the right nomenclature. What was? <laughs> but like, you know, like an organ mechanic, right? Um, and it, which which is like is, the only program in the country, right? So. Well, it's devastating because like this is like the only place you can come learn how to work on these organs that are decades and decades old. Like if that's gone, there's no one that knows how to do that anymore. Well, and it's such a, I mean, I don't, it's somewhere along the way, right? I think we started expecting universities to, to be profit centers. And they're not, they're cost centers. Like yeah. it's, it's, Agreed. we're paying money now that our state will reap in the future, right? Provided our state 
makes the other decisions to keep those to keep that investment in state, which is not always the case. Scott and I, you and I talk a lot about the value of the free market, right? Um, and and I mean, I think most of our listeners know that you're a Democrat and I'm an uh, independent, um, definitely more moderate than you are on most every issue. Um, and I, but I also feel like there is significant value in a truly free market. And I would argue yeah. there's no such thing as an actual free market. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we attended the same business school. I bet it's the same professor that influenced us. I think it might have been. But um, <laughs> the fact remains that this is this is most definitely not a free market system, right? Like if it was then then at then universities would have to pay and i guess they do bargain on some level for the top talent right like mm-hmm. um but the power does not rest entirely with the athlete um the university holds well, a, a ton of power there and it's a cartel right like well, it's yeah, not i yeah. mean it's not not only is it not a free market it's the antithesis of a free market right. it's a cartel and the athletes have arguably no power right. well i but, i i don't know if that's necessarily true i think that they're you know if we get into talking about you know the actual university is paying the student athletes then it gets mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. to be a little bit of a question of you know do i want to go to ou who's offering me a full scholarship and then $30,000 a year on top of that or do i want to go to Texas, who's uh, offering me a full scholarship in 60, even right. though I, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, and I've been a Sooner fan my whole life, $30,000 a year sounds pretty damn nice, right? Right. You know, so I think that that isn't necessarily the right solution. I think that's a lot, that's a lot of the reason why I don't think uh, student athletes should be paid directly by the university. Um you think thirty thousand a year sounds great? You should uh, run for the state legislature. <laughs> I, I'm for a college student. For a college student, I was gonna say. I that, guess I am a college student. That's, so. that's at least twenty five iPhones. <laughs> um, also, after taxes, it's not much. Yeah. yeah, it's several. A few years ago, I realized I like did the math on, you know, like how much I make per hour and and what an actual salary goes to and there's been some really good tweet threads in the last few weeks about this where like if you earn 50,000 but you have you know a, a pretty typical like student loan payment of 400 bucks a month and you pay you know $1,100 in rent which is really nominal in Oklahoma even and your money goes away in a hurry right like you've mm-hmm. got a few like literally $137 left over at the end of the month pretty much so anyway I digress um Scott, uh, check in with you. Have you, during the course of this conversation, has your position or thought process on this issue changed? Um, I mean, I would say mostly no, but it's not because I disagree with Peter at all, because I really don't. My my main kind of area of, man, I don't know how I feel about that, is athletes being paid by the universities like right. that's where i'm which yeah. and he came and in, which is I'm what he's you which is like 100 there yeah um but in terms of like athletes being able to like be compensated for their likeness being able to you know like all their the, name I, yeah that, I, they, that they own yeah right like that's to me that is common sense like the fact that they're not allowed like when i say like it's a cart like a cartel like the athletic programs, the universities, the NCAA, the conferences, like they hold all the cards in that standpoint, right. from that standpoint. Um, and I think that's bullshit. Like, I think if Peter, like if somebody wants to buy, what do you call a gymnastics uniform? Does it have a name? 
I just uniform. Okay, because like, yeah. re- like in wrestling, they call it like a singlet, a singlet right? Yeah. So if you have a, but like uh, some people call them uh, like unitards or right, right. The girls wear leotards. We do not yeah. wear leotards. We wear <laughs> uniforms. So you know, like if uh, you know, if somebody wants to buy a, a warm up or like somebody, you know, if he wants to be after the national championship and you know is signing autographs like autographing a team poster and it's charged five bucks i think he should be 100 percent free to do that um that's interesting you, you brought that up that reminds me um former let's fix this board member trent rattery was also a former tight end for ou hmm. and he had a while back posted some some tweets about this and they were like photographs of him himself that he found on the internet that photographers were selling for like thirteen hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars of him like diving like making touchdown and he was like he's like this was a photo of me and this game against fresno state and i scored this many points and this many yards and this was a picture of me in this game (laughs) and he remembered all of it you know and he could like give stories about it and he's like i see zero money of any of these photos and it was like a whole page of photos right like and And that was made it real personal to me because someone i knew and i was like oh that's super weird i don't I mean, to my knowledge, no one's making money off photos of me. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you've seen my face, you understand. But like, um, maybe I should wear a football helmet. But that's like, like that's and that's that's bullshit. You know, like mm-hmm. to me, I think the main thing that I, the main thing that I want to see in this conversation is that probably just what you said, like a f- more as like more of a, a framing issue. Like it just really like it just puts a burr under my saddle when you know people are like, well, and they just don't get anything and i'm like but but they they do right for the ones the ones that are on the non like and that's where it gets really tough right like the the folks that aren't on scholarship like that's that's i had plenty of teammates that were not on any sort of scholarship Mm -hmm. though they got the resources the coaching the facilities access to rehab they were spending 30 some hours a week on their gymnastics careers while they were also paying a full tuition and compromising in a lot of ways their education because of it. Sure. So people like that, they they literally get right. nothing. Right. And I think that that's a big part of this conversation that a lot of people forget is that mm-hmm. there are so, so many student athletes that aren't compensated in any way. Right. I, I, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I would imagine that the a majority of student athletes are not compensated. Yeah. Um, or they may, they may be compensated a little bit. A lot of the sports like gymnastics, you can get little portions of scholarships. Sure. But my guess is across the NCAA, across all three divisions, most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Like I mentioned a minute ago that my alma mater, so they started their football team in, in the fall of 99, which is when I went to college. And um, it was a small team, like physically in stature and in number. And coach would stand out on the lawn outside of, out of Snowbarger Hall and try to recruit some of us um, and try to recruit me on a num- number of occasions. And I said, was there a scholarship? Because I had a small to academic. Play football? Yeah. I played in my earlier days. And, um, and he was like, well, you know, we can give you a couple thousand dollars. And it wasn't, it was less than my academic scholarship. And I was, and I did like the cost benefit analysis of like, well, if I play, if, you know, we're a small team, we're going to get pummeled. I'm going to get hurt. How many hours do I have to dedicate mm-hmm. to a team that's going to lose? And then alternatively, I could go do roofing, right? Like I could install roofs and sell roofs and make however much money. And it, 
and have more free time. And it was mm-hmm. like a, a real cost benefit. Where I was like, sorry, man. Like, yeah, good luck sure. to you. But, and I think that, you know, giving people the opportunity to, you know, even if they're at a small school, who says that if you're at a small school, you can't make money off your namesake. You can go and find sponsorships, local businesses in the area that you can represent. All it takes nowadays is posting out something on Instagram, posting a tweet, anything you it really doesn't in i don't believe in any way it it compromises you know the uh the situation that athletes are in as students to uh you know allow them to spend a little bit of time finding sponsorships and being able to pay for those things and you know a lot of uh a lot of NCAA, I believe that Division three athletes are unable to receive scholarship for That's sports. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, when you think about all the Division three athletes, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe they not, they're not going to be huge names, but if you're in a small school in an area that really cares about their D3 football team, you should still be able to go and get compensated for those countless hours that you're spending trying to perfect what you're doing what you're doing yeah Yeah, i got i got i got no issue with that at all like and it's and it's not it doesn't it's you know it doesn't uh i i mean this is the cynical part of me the reason they're not allowed they're not allowed to do it is because especially at the d1 level and especially high profile sports the university wants that money so that is something that is another thing that i think a lot of people are overlooking with this issue i firmly believe that if student athletes are able to be compensated for their personal brand and namesake, everyone, including the NCAA and the universities, will make more money. Because that the athletes being sponsored by third parties that aren't already affiliated with the university, or at least them having the opportunity to, is going to encourage them to do things like build their personal brand. You know, it's like... changes the incentives. Exactly. So, you know, if I was in, in high school and I was in, like, when I was in high school, if I knew that I had the opportunity to start making money just by getting sponsorships, um, you know, through using social media, I very likely would have spent just the extra 10 minutes each day to post on Instagram, post a tweet, you know, just building that brand, getting, trying to grow my following. And then as that following grows, I start to make a little bit of money and that's great. But then I come to college. That following continues to grow because I've already built that habit of, you know, building my personal brand. And then I, I am now on a team of 17 other guys who are have been doing the exact same thing since they were younger. And then all those personal brands combined, combined into this incredible gymnastics team. What, what does that do for the university? It does nothing but good. It does nothing but bring more fans in the door, gets more people watching competitions. Mm-hmm. It, it does nothing but good. And this isn't just for gymnastics. This is for any sport, you know, I mean, a, a, a D1 or what a five-star recruit for football, you know, if he's building up his personal brand because everybody knows him and every school wants him as he's going through his high school career, then he goes to college. He's already a star. You know, it's like... Like, in, Le- like a LeBron or Carmelo. Yeah, or one of and those. while I will say, 
you're not a real star until you've made it in the big leagues and whether the big leagues are the NCAA or the pro that's, that's up to them to debate. But you know, them being able to come in with that size of a brand and size of a following does nothing but good for the university and the program as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a great point. I mean, that's kind of similar to, you know, the, the NCAA has resisted the idea of a college football playoff, right? Like we mm-hmm. kind of have one now, like the four teams, <laughs> but they're like, no, like we're not going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's saying like, well, we have to protect the bowl system. Do you know how much more money you'll make with a 16-team playoff yeah. instead of the freaking bowl system? Oh, my God. Like, are what? you kidding me? And you feel like they would since they do it with basketball. Right. Right. But it's – it's anyway, it's it's a bunch of – But no, that's a – I think that's a really good point that, that you make that, like, that I, I would say I think that the, the fear on the part of the universities is that the money that they get from, you know, Nike or from, you know, I don't know who makes NCAA 2000, you know, like who makes the games, like – EA but sports. like yeah but the money that they get from those entities i think the fear is that if that's flowing to the athletes that's less money in their pocket but i think you make up a good point that like no no the athletes getting a piece of that pie too doesn't mean that that it, it may mean that the revenue stream looks different but it doesn't mean the revenue stream doesn't grow i completely agree and then you know you also think about people like trey young so somebody who comes to ou for one year he plays and then he's ready to get his contract. He's mm-hmm. ready to make some money. Why would he stay? Give give him one reason to stay. If you could, it'd probably be money, right? You don't just go to the professional league just because you want to play in the professional league. Right. You go because you're ready to ma- sign that million dollar contract. Right. If you can start making money while you're at the university and you know, for a superstar like that at a school like OU, they would have been able to hold on to him for at least another couple of years. You know, and the amount amount of money they would make is going to be a net increase. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. And, you know, one one other thing is there are also very major sports where some athletes are faced with the choice of do I want to go pro or do I want to go to college? So sports like women's gymnastics, for example, Mm -hmm. most girls that go to the Olympics, they go when they are, you know, between the ages of of 16 or 15 to, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. around that area. And the most successful ones, you know, all the girls from the United States, they're, I mean, they're incredible gymnasts, incredible athletes, but every single time when, or not, I guess not every single time, but in most cases, girls that go to the Olympics for gymnastics, they don't go to college. Mm-hmm. It And that's just because you see, you know, it's an Olympic year. Everybody's getting excited. Everybody in the world decides to like gymnastics for, <laughs> for three months. Weeks, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're getting these crazy, you know, million dollar contracts, mm-hmm. potentially multi-million dollar contracts, depending on the athlete. And then... After the Olympics are over, you know, that they win an Olympic gold medal, they go around, they do appearances, speeches, they do whatever for the next six, eight months, a year. And then people start to care less. Mm -hmm. And when people start to care less, sponsors start to care less. And then they are in a stuck in a position of, well, maybe I should have an education. Maybe I made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. But I've got, you know, I've, I've got some money in my pocket, so I guess I can go spend my time. You know, I can go to college, spend the money. But 
I would so much rather go and compete in the NCAA. Like these athletes, if they were given the opportunity to go to the Olympics, make that money and then still go and compete in a college sport. Do you, can you imagine what it would be like for Simone Biles (laughs) to go compete in the NCAA? I mean, she would draw in more dollars, just her than, I mean, tons of like NCAA sports as a whole. I mean, she is an absolute superstar and without question, the greatest women's gymnast of all time. But she couldn't go to college for her sport. It's it sucks. Kind of messed up. Yeah, I I think so too. And you know, you see it all the time. All these like incredibly talented young gymnasts commit to schools like you know Simone was committed to UCLA. Um, tons of them commit there. Tons of them Alabama, OU. I mean, all the like tons and tons of top schools. And then they go to the Olympics. And then they say, ah, no thanks. Just because they have this incredible opportunity to make such a large amount of money in a short period of time. And, you know, they're just kids. They're yeah. kids. You know, I mean, I'm not all that much older, but I'm, I still think of myself as a kid. How are they going to know that the right decision is to invest in their education rather than the potential of a, you know, half a million dollar payout? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's true. All right. Well, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. It's a good good place to leave it. It's a good place to end it. Peter, thanks for being here Man. and yeah. uh, pushing so us into a different direction. That was a good conversation. I'll be thinking Come about on, this for a while. Uh, Come on anytime. Would love yeah. to. Would love to. Thanks so much for having me, guys. You can uh, you can connect with Peter on Twitter. He's at Peter Daggett. I'm at Andy OKC. Scott is at SC Melson. Or any of us are at Let's Fix This OK. Um, Coming up next in the, in the podcast series, we're going to do a, a series on healthcare. Um, Scott and I are going to go to our, to our roots. I don't know. We're going to go into that uh, and talk about healthcare for a few weeks. Uh, so check your podcast feeds for that. Certainly a hot topic right now in Oklahoma. Uh, if you have any questions, you want to give feedback about this episode, please hit us up on Twitter. You can always email us at podcast at letsfixthisok.org as well. That's a great way. Just so you know, that email goes straight to Scott and I because technology is very handy. Uh, This show is produced by Scott and me, and we are part of the Mostly Harmless Media Network. Uh, And something I want to start reiterating again is that decisions are made by those who show up. If you're not registered to vote, please get registered. Go to ok.gov slash elections or hit me up, and I've got voter registration forms literally all the time with me. All right, have a great week.